Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. How's my favorite alchemy partner? God damn it. (laughs) It'll never go away. Nope. It's here to stay. But I guess... I guess my real question is, how's your playthrough going? Still haven't done any Phantom Liberty stuff at all. Toasty! We are hosts of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. You've got to get in to Dogtown, goddammit. I'm trying to finish. Look, I'm I'm flying through quests or whatever. Uh, You know, I'm about to do the float. Like, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing solid. I'm level 54. Oh my god. <laughs> I will be level 60 before I go into Dogtown. It is confirmed. It's going to be hilarious. Our fans are rabid and are pestering us for Phantom Liberty details. So I've thrown I a few know. into this script. That's fine. And you know, I'm not going to be like too upset about spoilers at this point. We will so get toasty. That, yeah. <laughs> I will, I will, because it's a dry week and I'm D&D this week, so, or for, like, tomorrow, and I'm off tomorrow, so I'm probably going to play a lot, and so I'm hoping to, I don't know if I'll say finish Phantom Liberty by next session, but, like, not session, sorry, I'm thinking D&D terms, next recording, but, like, get a good chunk of the way, I might get through it, who knows. <laughs> It depends on how much game time that you're really going to put into it, because for me, 100%ing the Phantom Liberty, including going uh, before I went back and did an alternate ending, took a solid 40 hours. You have to, like, traverse around like a normal person. I don't have that problem. Well, it wasn't even that. It was because I was actually paying attention to storyline and listening and not skipping dialogue and uh, occasionally I've been reading doing that things. for the majority of the main game because I've already listened to all of this dialogue before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also, you were reading like shards and shit. I'm not going to do that. Let's tell people where that right now. I was, but that, w- I mean, it didn't take that long. There weren't, I feel like there weren't that many new shards pertaining to information that I actually cared about. There was a bunch of like those stupid little dialogue ones where it's like, but yeah. Anyways, now I'm tangenting. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's actually get into it. We've been talking night city for a while now. 
And this is, again, another Night City episode. Night City Part 3. Part 1 was all about the formation. Like, how Night City got started. How Coronado Bay got started, really. And then Part 2 was the history, going from 2025 to 2077. Now, it's time to talk more intricacies and details about how Night City is run. Starting with the government. And its policies. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Night City is a democratic mayoral with a corporate controlled city council. Mayoral elections, votes are cast via a data term using Identicard registration software, which we have talked about before a while back. I think that was like a Noosa thing. And the winner of an election is determined by a simple majority of the popular vote. The Night City Council consists of 100 members, each of whom are usually backed by one of the top 10 largest <laughs> corporations present in Night City. Uh, yeah, we did talk about those identichips and cards a long time ago. See, was that a, was a Noosa thing, right? Because they use like identity cards too, I believe. Yeah. But they use something registration. It's, it's like a slightly different name, but not SIN cards. That's something right. Identification, something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't leave your SIN card. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in 2045, during the time of the Red, Night City's government continued to exist in a technical state of emergency due to the destruction and disruption caused by the Night City Holocaust of 2023. The mayor's office had been left vacant for years. And the city was instead ruled by the city council, which took the form of a junta representing survivors of the previous city government, edge runners, nomad factions, and numerous corporations, including Zeta Tech, Biotechnica, Petrochem, and secretly Arasaka. Damn Arasaka. They always they always weasel their way in there, don't they? Uh so just to clarify, um, one of Jin's favorite segments we have on the show uh, for a vocabulary with toasty moment. Um, a junta is a military or political group that rules a country after taking power by force. Um, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, I'm sure that it wasn't taken exactly by force in this situation. It's just like, like I said, it was a vacant thing because the, city was destroyed and they kind of have to imagine they just kind of took over in the apps in like the void of governance yeah and the fact that it's all of these people working together i could see them trying to take over by force from each other but it seems a lot more coexisting yeah i mean we got edge runners working with corpos so you know that's pretty uh it's pretty crazy for them to be working together. So, right. But anyways, the council appointed city managers to oversee basic services in each of the, di- each of the city's districts and neighborhoods without a mayor or strong central leadership. Friction between the council's factions frequently led to disputes that were sometimes settled with violence on the streets. Well, there you go. There's the answer to our question. Uh, since no single faction was able to gain a decisive advantage over the others, 
They all kept to their own areas of interest as much as possible to keep fighting to a minimum. And like, that's pretty surprising still for like edge runners to like, no one was able to get a solid enough footing against each other. Like the edge runners, like the ones that are specifically like on the back foot at all times or like managing to keep their own with like Zeta tech biotechnica. Like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Cause I mean, runners are definitely a different caliber. Like you wouldn't go as a runner. You wouldn't go into a knife fight. You know, you wouldn't go into a gunfight either. You would fight on your own turf, but I guess that's kind of what keeps them in check is the fact that, you know, some corpo could just walk up and snipe you. I guess not walk up. You wouldn't snipe up close. But you know what I mean. You could shoot a sniper rifle up close, but you know it's not optimal for what the point of a sniper rifle is. Exactly. Yeah, but I have to imagine, like in my brain, the nomads were just kind of like the ones like playing like peacekeepers mm-hmm. between these groups because they yep. just seem like the type. And you know, we know in twenty forty five, the nomads were kind of the reason the world kept existing. So. But I'm biased. Well, no, no, no. I totally see the nomads being kind of the one that can run with both crowds because the corpos rely on the nomads to do some of their shadier business or by transportation and stuff like that. And then, of course, they also work with the edge runners. So the nomads being the go-between totally makes sense. All right. Now, up next is Night City's mayor. The mayor of Night City is the city's highest governing representative and oversees the treasurer's office, the deputies to the mayor, and directs the heads of the city's departments, including the NCPD. They have the power to appoint department heads and commissioners, as well as remove public officials from office. So the city's system of governance is based on the authority of the mayor in cooperation with the city council. Part of the mayor's proposals are subject to approval from the council. And with every new mayor comes an office with new personnel. Naturally. Of course. Now it's a little cabinet. Mm-hmm. Got to change everything. All right. Now it's a little difficult to track, but from what we can tell, Mobol Abunkai? Hmm. M-B-O-L-E-E-B-U-N-I-K-E. Mbole Ebunike? Ebunike. Okay. My brain sees N-I-K-E and thinks Nike. (laughs) Ebunike. Okay. Uh, They were mayor from 2012 until at least 2023. Uh, So there's that. Now, Garvin Hackison, who was Ebunike's deputy... And it's unclear whether he was officially elected as mayor or just kind of took over afterwards. Lucius Rhine, which we recognize, uh, was the mayor from 2070 to 2077. Weldon Holt stepped in, succeeding Rhine as mayor in 2077. And then, of course, you can have J- Jefferson Perales uh, elected as mayor in 2077. All right, looking up uh, Mbole Ebunike was the mayor 
and was heavily, or sorry, he was run by, or he was the puppet of corporations for a time, but then renounced them and became heavily involved in the pan-neo-African political party, hence his change of name. Uh-huh. Okay. So... Wait, is uh, Mabole their new name or the old name? Yes, so they used to be known as Judson Freeman, I think. Oh. how that's pronounced. Judson Freeman, yeah. So, okay. and they changed their name. Cool, cool. That's pretty cool. So, the Night City Council is one of the ruling bodies of Night City. Its 100 members are elected along neo-democratic lines by the then-largest corporations headquartered in the city. The city's system of governance is based on the authority of the mayor in cooperation with the council. As such, part of the mayor's proposals are subject to approval from the city council. Small amounts of checks and balances is good. Except that it really isn't there because they're just all run by corporations. Yeah. So the only checks and balances are place or in place are just corporations, whether they agree or disagree with each other. Uh, yeah. Eh, at least but there's this is a- cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. So moving on to the economy and the business sectors. Now the business sectors of Night City include manufacturing industries international trade and commerce, information services, electronic technologies, security services, and so on. While cities like Tokyo, New York, or Singapore have been overrun by corporations since the 2000s, Night City was the only city in the world that was actually built by the corporations. After the wars and the subsequent reconstruction of Night City, Corpo Plaza became a symbol of the megacorp's grasp on the city. Delightful. Now, speaking of the corporations, uh, Night City was founded through the efforts of a partnership of five major corporations. And as of 2077, it continues to serve as a haven for numerous global corporations due to its status as a free city and pro-corporate government policies such as a 0.7% 0.7% tax rate on corporate corporate profits, which seems like like stupidly cheap. Yeah, it right? does. Like, yeah. Like, isn't like sales tax like 8.25%? Mm-hmm. So like they, 0.7? Yeah. I guess whenever you're, I guess technically speaking, like if you're, with how they spend their money, like, how much money they have to be making. Cause I mean, we're like, we're talking like billions, probably trillions of like eddies or whatever. So like, I guess 0.7% is still a lot or 0.7 is a lot. So. Yeah. But so, but it is still quite a bit, but it's also a very small amount that the corporations don't have to pay that much to the government. They're keeping a lot of the money for themselves. Yeah, because I guess technically, like 0.7, or sorry, how's 0.7%? Would that be 0.007 in a decimal? Yes. Like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to math out there? 
I'm just trying to do how much that would be of like a, like a million eddies, just very, very specifically. $7,000. That's, that is like nothing, not a lot of money. Yeah. It's not. So they couldn't even buy you a house. Well, they could buy you a house technically. 7,000. Right. I can't remember. The houses were, or were they, am I thinking 4,800 or am I thinking, is it 480,000? Probably four hundred eighty thousand, right? Well, I mean, like an apartment was two grand or something like that, right? Okay, yeah, you can buy a house with that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we've talked uh, a lot about that in the previous episodes. <laughs> yep. Uh, Night City's biggest ally is Arasaka, which provides employment for many citizens and ensures the city remains independent by backing it with its military strength, which we mentioned with as. That that comes from the uh, the Treaty of Unification and them bringing Arasaka in to push back the Noosa. Now, as we talked about a few weeks ago, there was the original core of corpse that built Night City. Core of course, core of corpse. Yeah, that's a sentence. <laughs> they well, are. See, you, you, you specifically say corpse, but like. Typically, like you would look at that, and it is a core, like the Marine Corps. Marine Corps, Corps. yeah, called? yeah. So it's the core of corpse. A core of corpse, and then corpse sounds like dead body corpse. <laughs> so the rib cage, I don't know. <laughs> the rib cage, the backbone, the backbone, the backbone of Night City. Ah. Uh, they are also known as the Coronado Partnership, and they include Arasaka. The Euro Business Machines, Merrill, Asukaga, and Finch, Knight International Corporation, and Petrochem. And those are the ones that built Knight City, but there are still quite a significant amount of notable corporations within Knight City as well, including, uh, but probably not limited to, All Foods, Biotechnica, Delamain Corporation, Diverse Media Systems, Dynalar Technologies, Kang Tao, Kendachi, Hiroshi Opticals, Militech, Orbital Air, Raven Micro Cybernetics, REO Meat Wagon, Savoil, or sorry, Sovoil, <sighs> Trauma Team, and Ziggurat. And we know very specifically it's not limited to that because there's all the Neocorps from like Cyberpunk Red you could throw in there as well. It was a lot. So. I love that you made the little slip up of the Sov oil, Sove oil, because there is a mission in Phantom Liberty where you are working with somebody who works at Soviet oil. And she, she calls it uh, Sov oil uh, with her accent. It is definitely Sov. Um, but V calls it Sov oil. As in sovereign, and and this uh, well, I guess the male V calls it uh, sovereign. I'll tell you oil. if the female me does whenever I get to that. But I just remember specifically, like in my brain, it triggered. I was like, "See, V said sov. V said sov." <laughs> I don't often agree with the male V, but in this situation, I might. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to sports. Get ball. By 2077, Night City had two known official sports franchises. Uh, 
the Night City Corsairs football team. And that's American football, not soccer. And then the Night City Blackouts basketball team. While the Corsairs recently achieved a notable victory against the San Diego Shredders due to their Night Corp sponsorship giving them access to cutting-edge cyberware designed specifically for the sport, the Blackouts are in the midst of a long losing streak. I tried to go sports announcer with that. Good job. I'm just, so, like, how weird like does it get? Like, if you can use cyberware... In like, because like my immediate thought, right? I'm sure there's like a million different things you can do, but my immediate thought is like one: what are the regulations? Because I need to know those in order to know what you can't use. Because I'm over here, like I put in like my V as the quarterback, mm. like specifically put my V as in the quarterback. So I get the ball, I dash back with my dash ability, uh, then I like slow down time with the San Devastan to then like fucking make a route. Or if I need to pass, if I need to actually pass the ball, I got gorilla arms. Like that's what I, you can see like a regular, like NFL quarterback throw, like, uh, like majority of the length of a football field or whatever with the mm-hmm. pass, right? Like they can throw like yards, like we, grill arms. You could just like, that's just the whole football field, right? Like easily. Right. No. And, but so to counter that your opponents will also have the same things going on. So your dash ability could also like, I don't know the correct term for the guy who does the tackling mainly. Well, no, you can't tackle the quarterback. So that wouldn't work. You can. Not if he's still holding the ball. Specifically, you can't tackle. I don't think you can tackle the quarterback if he's not holding the ball. You can tackle him if he is holding the ball. It's it's called sacking. You sack the quarterback. Sack the quarterback. But if you tackle them with that. I'm I'm not an expert in football, but based off of that clip, I assume that you don't tackle them when they don't have a ball. Right. Yes. You are correct. If they are still holding the ball, you can tackle them. Um, So the person could then still try and dash at you. Um, And then the throwing, well, your player still, whether regardless if you can throw it all the way across the field, you still have to have an open man to hit it to or to throw it to. And then they have to have the ability to catch it. But you you definitely know that like receivers got to have like, the highest in like speedware mm-hmm. in the game, like for sure. Like that person pops their Sandy and it's just like down the pitch in like a second. Yeah. Imagine if you threw a football to David. But then Adam Smasher is the one who's defending against you. Adam Smasher's the safety? <sighs> I don't think Adam Smasher's the safety. Okay, I just meant for the correlation because we saw what happens when Sandy versus Sandy happens. It basically cancels each other out. But what if the Sandy's better? I guess that's where it comes in. It's just it just depends on the money. Yeah, like who buys the best cyberware is probably the determining factor. So, and then of course teamwork and 
play style and everything that comes into a normal sports game. They need to add that into like, I, like, I guess they're not going to do it now because 2077 is over with Phantom Liberty, right? Like that's mm-hmm. all they're doing, but they're going to do a cyberpunk like two, right? Like they're making a second game. Yep. We need to have like a football match that you can like attend. Like it's not required. Don't make it a required thing. But make it to where like you straight up go to like a football stadium and like watch a game if you're like interested and like see how it works. I want to see how it works. Yeah. I I mean, it doesn't even have to be a full on mission. Put it on the news station. Let me watch it. I'm wondering. It probably is. But like, like I want to see it like like the full screen because the news things are so small. Like, I I feel like I would have trouble seeing it. Not not the big. Not the big screen in my apartment, like in the Fair top. Enough. Yeah. But, and if it's not football, like, you know, it doesn't have to, like, do combat soccer. Cause I'm also very curious to see what the fuck that is. Oh, yeah. But speaking of, let's get back on topic. Well, we are on topic technically, but uh, back to the actual script. <laughs> uh, so, um, for their teams, uh, their American football teams include the Night City Corsairs, as we mentioned, um, the disbanded Night City Nighthawks, um, and the defunct Night City Rangers. For basketball, they have the aforementioned in, uh, Night City Blackouts, as well as the Night City Heat. Isn't their mm-hmm. basketball team called the Heat? Yeah, I think it's life? San Diego. I don't know. Um and then as for miscellaneous, we have the Night City Death Dealers, which is a combat soccer team. Which again, how the fuck does that work? I want to see that. Uh, as well as the Night City Slammers for baseball, which how do you? Oh, my God. What's up? I am so far off. I said San Diego. No, it's Miami. <laughs> it's the Miami. Heat. Yeah, that sounds right. The Miami. Heat. <laughs> but that's that's all that we have for sports. Good ball. Uh, I yes, I need to see wanna, combat soccer, and as for the, I want to see all of these actually. Just yeah. add all of them. Like I want to see an active like football game with, you know, how the cyberware how the cyberware plays into it. Same thing with like a basketball game. How does that work? What the fuck is combat soccer? I'm sure I could probably look it up and find out, but like you can't actually tell like exactly how it's played with just like words. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, what do they have to do in baseball in order to like make it like work? Like, like how does that function? Because what what stops you from just like getting gorilla arms and just hitting home runs all the time? Like I what think- makes it an engaging sport? The field has to be a lot bigger to start with, like massive. It's like stupidly bigger. Yeah. Because like baseball diamonds are pretty damn big already. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like, ooh. ooh, hockey. Hockey would be good with the body slamming. I don't think you could actively do hockey. Like hockey. Like. Hockey breaks out into fights so often. Like, I just feel like you have to, like, get rid of that sport. Otherwise, it's just straight up just going to be people murdering each other. Mm. 
how often do players get like removed from teams because they uh fall into like cyber psychosis right that's also a cue factor uh huh okay I'm like running through all the sports in my head right now that I can think of. And I I don't really think, you know, golf would still not be fun to watch. Cyberware or not, I I wouldn't watch golf. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, Um, let's move on to transportation. (laughs) All right. Night City hosts an extensive network of urban freeways and rapid transit networks. Getting from the city's various districts is seamless and effective, except for in districts where the infrastructure has been damaged, such as in Pacifica. Like we see getting in and out of Dogtown, it's annoying as all hell, because they don't care anymore. The roads are busted you can flip your car just by going down the road and then once you get out of dogtown they allowed the homeless shanties and camps to completely encroach the area so you either have to go through a parking lot where you can run into a pylon or try to not kill innocent people living under a bridge thank you night city yeah it's fine <laughs> i was running to the homeless people uh, no, but they like they they stop your car. Like you can run over the people, but then their their tents and their buildings and their stuff it stops your car. Can't run over a couch in Night City. Uh, it makes me glad that I have the build that I do, so that I can traverse areas like this just as fast. <laughs> Apparently, I can't drive through them. Ooh. All right, note to self, see if you can walk in and out of Dogtown or if you're required to go by car. I'm assuming you just walk in. No, there's a, a, a station. Like, you have to pass through all these stations, and I don't know if you can walk through it. I haven't tried yet. Hmm. All right. Uh, um. Interstate 828, 928, and 16 are freeways in 2020, although it is uncertain whether or not they have since been renamed, rebuilt, or remain unchanged in 2077. I would also like to say that those don't seem familiar to me. Uh, I would assume I-5 would have been the one that would be there, because that runs through California right now. But I also don't know California as well as I know Oregon. So, Uh, Also, the spaceport is an aerospace in Night City, allowing for space transportation. And it is an area that we get to see in Phantom Liberty. You get to go to the air to the airport. You can probably see it on your map if you've downloaded the 2.0 expansion. It's like this little islandy thing off to the left-hand side. Yeah, we said airport. It just threw me off. It's well, it's all things. It's airport and spaceport and aerospace. Yeah. I'm so, is that the I'm assuming that's what we see in Edge Runners? It's the same thing. Um Where they launch the shuttles from. 
Yes. Yes. I should go actually see. I don't know if that was. I'm trying to remember because I think it's always been visible, right? Because I think it was visible with like the edge runner stuff. Because you can go to like Lucy's apartment and like look like down the lane and you'd see it. Mm. I think. I remember. Maybe not. Yeah, now I don't remember. Hmm. I'll have to go through my computer because I know I took a picture with the, the photo mode. So it's somewhere in there, but I don't know. I'll have to find out. We'll see. Um, another form of transportation they have is the maglev. In 2020, Night City was part of the Intercontinental Maglev Network. It was abandoned during the Fourth Corporate War, but there are plans to revitalize it by the late 2070s, which I believe that they do. At least another maglev line is shown in the Phantom Liberty cinematic trailer, which goes through Santo Domingo south to SoCal. I'm pretty sure David takes the maglev to like that. That's a maglev, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you see that it's up and running yeah. by 2077 or 2076 even. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure that what we see read on that's the maglev. It's the train system. All right. Uh, in 2020, the Night City Metropolitan Airport was the main airfield around Night City. And after the war, the Night City International and Translunar Spaceport was built on Del Coronado Bay's Morrow Rock Island, west of the city. Which, yes, that is what I was talking about on the map that you can see. Okay. I was like, is it the same thing or is it a different thing? Cool. Um, and as for law enforcement and crime operating as an autonomous territory separate from the rest of the Noosa, Night City's borders are patrolled by Arasaka contractors. The Night City Police Department's hold jurisdiction over domestic security, although the personal security detail of the mayor is handled by a team of hand-picked corporate hustle or hired muscle. Um, and I guess even then, they kind of ain't shit because Lucius Ryan was just like got by a random ass cyber psycho. So it's true. So much for corporate Arasaka security. Have you ever tried to leave Night City? All right. Now, speaking of that Night City police department, let's dive a little bit deeper into the NCPD. Back in the 2070s. In 2076, the NCPD was transferred to private ownership to increase its profitability. The chief of police was replaced by a data term sales executive who fired half of its officers, reduced patrols, and ordered beat cops to prioritize writing tickets. This only worsened Night City's crime rates. The organization was also involved in Drones for Cops replacement program, charging citizens five eddies per minute to make 911 calls, and strengthening partnerships with privatized prisons. But by the end of the year, the NCPD was no closer to becoming profitable and getting its debt under control. Oh, my God, like, duh. Charging people to use 911? That's insanity. Well, look, you know, it's, it's just good business. Okay. Uh, 
I'm going to go into the most tiniest little spoiler for Phantom Liberty and an Easter egg that I found. Um, There is a point where V has to dial on an old school phone. Like you actually have to press numbers and hold a receiver to your ear. Okay. You can call any number that you want. In fact, I tried my own damn phone number and it just rang with a busy tone. Um, there are four phone, five, technically five, the number that you're supposed to call for the quest line, and then four additional phone numbers that have Easter eggs attached to them. Uh, so, but dialing 911 is one of the numbers that does not work. Uh, it will cause Johnny to have some very choice words when all you get is a busy tone or it rings and rings and rings and nobody ever answers. Uh, if you want to hear Keanu Reeves, a.k.a. Johnny Silverhand, saying F those C's over and over again, just try to reach the police on the phone. When the NCPD's capitalization dropped 17% from its levels in, in January 2077, uh, Mayor Lucy Ryan began considering an alternative solution to what was termed the police problem. Man, can someone consider an alternative solution to the police problem nowadays? I mean, what? Uh, <laughs> hiring firms from the corporate security industry to police Night City instead. I agree. The police problem needs to be handled in Night City. Right. Okay. The NCPD remained outnumbered and occasionally outgunned by criminals in 2077 under the corrupt leadership. Leadership? Leadership? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, applicable. I mean, very corrupt leadership of Commissioner Jerry Falter. Due to the overwhelming level of violence and criminal activity in Pacifica and the Northside Industrial District of Watson, the NCPD has ceded any jurisdiction there and will also not venture out into the Badlands, which they now show in the game 2077 by having Fargeist in Dogtown and Pacifica and Militech out in the Badlands. The safest areas of the city are City Center, surprise, surprise, and Westbrook, which is, that's the north part. That's north of City Center, right? Because that's uh, the part where V lives. Is that Westbrook? Westbrook, and then I think like uh, North Oak is also pretty safe. And I think North Oak might be in Westbrook. If North Oak is in Westbrook, then it's like that chunk that's like kind of further. I don't know. It's like further out, right? Because Carrie's in North Oak, or is he mm-hmm. in a different place? Yeah, yeah Carrie's North in North Oak. In right of like Japantown, then. Um, while Haywood, Santo Domingo, and the remainder of Watson range from moderately to extremely dangerous. Fair enough. I mean, Haywood is Valentino territory, Santo Domingo is Sixth Street Gang, then Watson is. I guess the rest of Watson is Tiger Claws. Well, it's sort of Japantown, but they're a lot. They're they're pretty prevalent everywhere, to be yeah. fair. So yeah. mm. the NCPD maintains a threat level system to keep night citizens informed about the riskiest districts of the city. Uh, and a body lottery count 
to let you know where everybody died yesterday. True. Well, to increase its effectiveness and reduce the mortality rate of officers, over the years, the department petitioned the Night City Council to enact policies that grant it more legal authority and protections, because giving those with authority even more power is always a great idea. Oh, absolutely. As of 2077, NCPD officers have several extreme procedural abilities, including officers may detain individuals without bringing charges against them for up to one year. Oh, <sighs> yeah. No charges a year. Incredible. Shooting an individual in a limb is regarded as a warning shot. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> not usage of lethal force. Vehicles that do not immediately pull over when flagged for a traffic stop may be fired upon and collateral damage, including civilian deaths, is unofficially permissible when using le lethal force to neutralize a cyber psycho. I rescind my statement about the Portland Police Department. They are not this bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Holy shit. I mean, I guess Finish when you're working against cybered out people not even like cyber psychos in particular but if your arm is cybernetic getting shot in it is not as big of a deal yeah but I don't, they it specifically sounds like they don't have to make that distinction and it's also it, like in a limb like and i guess like i mean cyberware exists so like replacing shit isn't like as too bad but like i don't know like my immediate thought is like Somebody doesn't comply and you have to shoot a warning shot, like just shooting them in the kneecap, which is horrific. Yeah, shoot people in the foot. It causes massive amounts of pain and cripples them from running away from you. I mean, it wouldn't work on my V. Yeah. I got my I got my mobile feet, my jump feet. Before we get into the different divisions of the NCPD, let's take a mid-break and listen to sponsors of the show. Bring it in a long, a longer one, which means we have to do something drastic here, Jen. We have to focus. Well, that, but also something else. What? Welcome to the middle of the show. What are we talking about? <laughs> the podcast is not about the lore of cyberpunk. Uh, we just want to give a big thank you to all of our patrons, all 13 of you. No new patrons this week. Um, and But we love and appreciate all of you. Uh, we also have no new reviews. Uh, but if you do want to support the show, you can leave a five-star uh, rating and review on Apple or a five-star rating on Spotify. Um, and we will read out those Apple ones on the show. And you can also leave comments on uh, the Spotify videos. Um, and um, as long as you're kind, we may read those out too. Um, some of them aren't kind. That's the unfortunate thing. I think it was like, uh, there was a couple. It's fine. Um, but leave those. And if you do, uh, as per Jay Gray, your uh, cyberpunk ref owes you 10 IP. Um, so we don't make the rules. Jay literally does. So could cash them in. That's the line. Um, I'm so proud I got that. Um, you can also check out 
www.fanrolldice.com and use the code CPLC and stack it with the code AlmightyC10, A L L M I G H T Y C 10 for a grand total of what, 20% off? 20% off uh, on your dice purchases. Um, and that's all I got for the middle of the show. Jen, you got anything to add? Other than pure shock? <laughs> no. Well, let's what? get back to the show. <laughs> you did that so well. It completely <laughs> caught me off guard. Wow. All right. Well, we always come back to the middle, back from the middle of the show to you. So continue on. Cool. Um, so starting off with the standard patrol division, um, and it is funny that you made this joke earlier, but the patrol division is the backbone of any modern police force and is the largest division within the NCPD. The primary purpose is to patrol any given sector to enforce the law and reduce crime, of which there is a lot. Really, I had no idea. The Night City government is constantly giving more resources and manpower to the patrol division, mainly due to the dangerous nature of the role and the rise in crime. Well, at least they're getting resources for doing their job because they kind of have the shittiest job other than like, what, beat patrol, probably? Uh, Speaking of beat control... The beat cops are the boots on the ground and are tasked with patrolling their designated sector. In years past, beat cops typically patrolled alone, but due to the rise in crime, they now go in pairs. They have to respond to any threats from gangs, corporate shootouts, riots, drugs, psychos, and your everyday disgruntled citizen. Once a shift starts... They are on their own and are expected to deal with the majority of incidents alone, unless it calls for the cavalry. Standard standard issue equipment consists of armored vests and helmets, cuffs, a pistol, and or other non-lethal launchers. Oh, and a first aid kit. Yeah, but I'm assuming by non lethal launcher they mean like what like a taser possibly a taser or in current real world terms a non-lethal launcher would be a pellet gun or a beanbag launcher gotcha okay makes sense uh now moving on actually quite possibly a worse job than either of those traffic patrol (laughs) Traffic is considered a lame job. The lowest on the totem pole and typically given out as a punishment by a higher up. Their role is primarily to enforce traffic laws and the traffic flowing. Yeah, I'm sure that goes fucking well. (laughs) Knowing how I drive in cyberpunk, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody particularly likes traffic cops. Not even other cops. (laughs) I feel like that's also real world. <laughs> Fair enough. Standard issue equipment consists of an armored vest, traffic helmet, and a 9mm pistol. So they don't even get a whole lot of stuff. Are these like 
oh, these are like the guys that have to stand out on the road and like do the whistly thing and like move forward, go that way, you're allowed to turn. Like that's the type of traffic cop? I've never seen yeah. that in Cyberpunk. I'm assuming that they're like taken by the role of like those the singular cops that are just kind of walking around. Isn't that a beat cop? I mean, that might be a beat cop. I don't know. Unless it's like. I would say that they're the ones in the cars, but based on this next one, they're not. So I don't know. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. So the next one is the Cruiser Patrol. Uh, they are a step up from the standard beat cop. They drive a police outfitted BMW 600 known as a black and white and typically assist the beat cops on their patrol of a sector. However, cruisers have the luxury of being sitting down and in the warm and behind some thick sheet metal. Cruiser patrol is a little more dangerous simply due to the high profile and large target of a car. I know that I have stolen a police vehicle just because I wanted to. Oh, for sure. Also, like, I don't know. Maybe my perception of, like, cyberpunk climate is wrong. But, like, whenever they use terms of, like, being sat down and in the warm. And I'm just like, I imagine the world is pretty fucking hot. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, considering, like, how our like what our world is like with like global warming and how fucking hot it was this past summer for literally everyone including states that saw temperatures in the high 90s that have never done that in their fucking lives um yeah think, but like what new england was like in the 90s and it's like huh that doesn't make sense but um, also it's not just global warming it's climate change as a whole uh seattle experienced 22 degree weather just a couple of days ago. And that is the lowest recorded temperature for this time of the year. Fair enough. But I'm just like, in my brain, that tells me like, like they have worse pollution and everything. And it's a future date compared to our timeline. I would just imagine it's fucking hot as hell. Yeah. Like that's, that was my thought. So, but from the sounds of it, it's cold? Or is it like, I mean, are we getting like extreme desert-like temperatures considering like how like it's the badlands are like fucking wrecked? Because like in the desert, it's extremely hot during the day, but extremely cold at night. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're getting? Like, I don't know. I just, we can't feel the temperature of cyberpunk. So I just always assume, but I it could be cold. I'll have to check that out. Some of the places do have like climate lists, but they're usually from like the 2020 materials. So I don't know. I'll check in and see if maybe I can get a concrete info on that. Note for Scream Sheet next week that I'll end up forgetting and talking about in three weeks, anyways. Um, that's how it usually goes. But next up, we start getting into the uh, the more higher echelon jobs, uh, which we begin with, with investigation. Well, the investigation division is smaller than that of the patrol division, but is seen as a step up. The department carries out all criminal investigations within Night City, and detectives often come across some of the more brutal crimes carried out. So I guess step up in terms of status, but I have to imagine having to investigate the brutal crimes of Night City has to do a 
number on like your mental. Wait till we get to the homicide department. True enough. Cops working here are known as plainclothes and are known to have a knowledge of the city that far surpasses that of beat cops. I guess the payoff is you get to wear regular clothes. I mean, that's always a win, right? Well, that and I would think that it's a little bit safer, too, uh, because a beat cop, I can point you out. I know that you are a cop, plainclothes. I don't know. That's true. You do have the anonymity. Now, the vice department deals primarily with narcotics with an emphasis on trafficking, possession, and distribution, as well as prostitution, gambling, and weapon crimes. Anything that you can have a vice for. The majority of cases are undercover work and vice cops possibly spending months at a time infiltrating dangerous gangs in the worst part of the city. They're usually outfitted with a variety of cybernetics that deal with an infiltration and surveillance. Yeah, which I like that also brings up a thing with me. And I know we're talking about like going through these more speedily, but I just my thought in there is like, in what terms? Like, I mean, because like in Night City, I assumed that drugs well, you were able to acquire some drugs like legally because you know it's but maybe not but then like you know for sure that we have like areas of like prostitution that are completely fine with people mm-hmm. as well as tons of gambling dens um mm-hmm. obviously weapons crimes there's a million of those a day so i'm sure that's a fucking fun time to have but like right. yeah like the like the mocks run a it's a it's obviously not quite a prostitution business but it is like a cyber prostitution business mm-hmm. so, so and- here are the big differences is the legality of it whether or not it's regulated whether or not the 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 city is aware of it um because okay marijuana right now is legal in portland it's legal in oregon but if I were to just buy it off of my sister, that's an illegal drug transaction because I didn't purchase it from a licensed distribution center. Gotcha. So basically there's licenses for this stuff mm-hmm. everywhere, but a lot of it's still elite because I'm sure those licenses are like exorbitant prices. Right. <laughs> uh, if you are hooking on the corner, that is different than working out of a prostitution house. Uh, where there are safety guards in place for both the client and the working person. Fair enough. Um, Well, uh, moving on to the robbery division. The robbery department deals with all things theft. Who would have thought? And covers armed robbery, burglary, auto theft, grand larceny, fraud, counterfeiting, and embezzlement. Money and resources are poured into this department due to its dealings with high-value crimes. Members spend the majority of their time dealing with paperwork, and some are known to go undercover when high-value heists are suspected. More often than not, they are seen racing to the scene of a robbery, guns drawn, and aimed at the perps still inside. I guess no one suspected the robbery of the relic, because there definitely weren't any people in place for that one. Right... And I think that definitely qualifies for grand larceny. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we 
touched on this for a second, but homicide. The homicide department deals with everything from mass murder to aggravated assault and the ever-growing corporate murders. Homicide detectives can deal with up to 50 murders in a single day in Night City. And as a result, many are cold and distant and have some form of developed psychological issues of their own. If you need help, there are resources. Please reach out. With the increasing violence from gangs, crime syndicates, and the corporations, homicide is very busy. And more often than not, the crimes go unpunished due to the lack of evidence. When they say deal with 50 a day. 50 murders in a single day. And it's homicide detectives. Like, do they mean collectively or like a single homicide detective deals with up to 50 murders in a day? Well, okay. So that is the difference between dealing with and having a new one. Because your caseload can still be like, all right, I've got, there are these 30 crimes yesterday that I didn't solve and then 20 new murders today. Or, you know, I guess it's kind of along those lines of your caseload in a day can be up to 50. Uh, just working on old lot. stuff. Yeah. Mm, whatever. I don't know. I've definitely killed 50 people in Cyberpunk in a day. Just 50? Well, upwards. Way over that. Well, I mean, it also yeah. depends on how long you're playing. If you're only playing for two hours... Only 50? (laughs) Now, the Special Investigations Unit, also known as SIN, deal with more large-scale and serious crimes than include multiple departments or even LED IVs. Crimes involving mass murder, corporate espionage, widespread organized crime, high-profile kidnappings, and counterfeiting. It's just a diverse repertoire there. Shocking or brutal murders are covered by the sin when regular departments have no clue how to solve the case. Other divisions within the police tend to dislike the sin due to them receiving more money and often taking complete control of an existing case. So they're like the FBI whenever like a crime crosses like a state line kind of thing. Because then they come in and they take over and everyone gets upset. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Large scales involving mass murders. So I guess they would work with the homicide department often as well. I wonder who gets to pick and choose. Well, it sounds like the sin just comes in and takes whatever cases that homicide isn't like doing good enough job with. Mm. And if it's high, uh, I'm assuming like in a more high profile sense or something. So, yeah. Uh, tactical division. They are there for when the talking stops which is quite often in 2077, they deal with high-risk situations such as hostage rescue, riots, or cyber psychos. Fun. Now, SWAT, which is a separate thing, uh, special weapons and tactics are a rapid response unit trained to deal with high-risk situations and heavy weapons. Teams consist of 10 highly trained and well-equipped members. They typically use their own custom tactical police vehicles and are loaded with as many combat-oriented cybernetics as they can handle. SWAT officers typically deal with hostage rescue, heavily armed shootouts, sieges, 
as security for high-profile targets. Okay, so seems pretty consistent with real-world SWAT. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, on to Super SWAT, MaxTech. Uh, MaxTech is also known as C-SWAT. Uh, SPAR, S-P-A-R, which is the Special Purpose Assault Rescue. And officially, they are called the Cyborg Suppression Unit. Or I guess, Psycho Squad as they are known in Night City. They are a step above SWAT and primarily deal with cyber psychos. We're all familiar enough with Max Tag. Yep. Now, Riot, the Riot team are on call 24-7 and are the non-lethal equivalent of SWAT. They are trained in non-lethal procedures, though accidents have happened and might happen again. It's fucking real real world if I've ever fucking heard it. Right. They are known for crowd control, sealing off entire city blocks just to successfully disperse all the rioters. The NCPD has a policy. If you don't want to get hurt, don't riot. Uh-huh. Oh, riot team. <laughs> yes, right, buddy. Uh, riot teams consist of 10 troopers led by a single officer and are issued riot shields, ballistic armor, tear gas, tasers, and non-lethal ammunition. But accidents happen. Well, somehow they've they've managed to kill people probably pretty frequently with these this equipment so yes because uh depending on what kind of tear gas you are using it can catch fire so a tear gas followed by a taser can spark and cause fire uh non-lethal ammunition can become lethal if you are hit in the wrong in the wrong spot uh bean bags can in fact Break your hyoid. Yeah, dude, get hit hard enough in the throat and your airway will close off. I'm sure they can also break your nose and like block that up too if you hit at the wrong angle, right? Yep. Um, yeah, resist. Net security. Before I go off on a tangent about how to riot properly, uh, let's go on to net security. The net security section provides an enforcement monitoring monitoring and information service on areas of the net within a specific city. While NetSec main priority is to track down the most dangerous and daring criminal net runners, they also provide all other sections with up-to-date information straight out of the net. Not all municipalities have a NETSEC, and many rely on the services of NETWATCH, the International Net Security Organization. Besides monitoring for illegal net running, NETSEC also performs its own information search runs. NETSEC runners often provide valuable information on suspects or corporations, which can lead to a conviction. Now, this is rare, but cops will know a great deal more about their suspect after a net run details all their affairs. NETSEC officers tend to be somewhat highly strung and are allowed into NCPD without academy training. NETSEC monitors prospective operatives and recruits them, deputizing them in a similar way to corp cops. These individuals then become officers within NETSEC with access to top-level software and hardware, allowing them to become even more proficient in their chosen area of net running. All right. I think NETSEC might actually be the only police division I would want to join in on. 
it seems. Fair enough. All right. Moving on. Internal Affairs Division, the IAD. They are the bane of most police officers. Its job is to investigate officers suspected of committing gross misconduct in the pursuit of their duties, or who are corrupt, dangerous, or perform other activities which either abuses their position or endangers the department as a whole. Experienced investigators, IAD officers, are selected for their ability to sniff out when a cop is bad. So I have a strong feeling that most internal affairs investigators are actually more corrupt than the standard like corrupt cops. So like it doesn't actually matter. I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I would hope so, that they are the ones that are not corruptible. IAD is not well liked by other divisions. <laughs> Fancy that. They have the ability to turn an officer's life upside down on the mere suspicion of illicit involvement. An officer under investigation by the IAD may be suspended or worse, and there is always a stigma involved as your partner and buddies wonder if you really are a dirty cop. Also, what is the worst? Killed, I guess? Prison? Oh, I guess it could be a prison, right? Like, that's fair, depending on what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, be suspended or worse. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things worse than being suspended. You could be straight out fired. You can lose your pension, your retirement, your 401k, uh, be financially destroyed by the end of all this. Or- oh, I always think suspension, my brain just always immediately goes to fired anyways, but mm. yeah, that's fair. It's not actually fired, technically. Administration, the admin div. It is manned mostly by non-cops. They are secretaries or other desk jockeys performing most of the administration duties of the police department. While it is possible to transfer to admin, nobody really wants to unless they've had a real good scare or have been seriously wounded. Admin positions, unless very high up, hold little to no prestige among other officers. Why the fuck does prestige matter, man? Like, I'm just trying to live. It's Night City. Mm-hmm. Right. Make a name for yourself. And then you, you die. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you usually make a name for yourself when you die. So, like, I'm, I'm just saying, when it comes to the afterlife, I don't see no police officers' names on any of the truth. <laughs> It's true. It's, it's very they, true. They have their own specific afterlife. I mean, they're they're like cop bars, right? Those are very specifically a thing. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure they don't be going and mucking it up in the afterlife. I feel like a rogue probably isn't a very pro cop kind of individual. No, no. So kind of wrapping it up here uh, towards the end, uh, we have the equipment. So as of the late 2070s. The Night City Police Department has access only to basic and outdated equipment that is generally insufficient for their needs. Fun. Due to being consistently underfunded and expected to turn a profit. And we talked about that before. They're not a very profitable business. It's almost like there is no profit in a government agency. It's not how it works. Right? Some, yeah. Some officers resort to obtaining better equipment at their own expense. Well, I don't think they get paid very well for that, but sure, go ahead. I mean, it is your life on the line, so that's fair. Cutting-edge weapons and gear on par with what corporations lavish on their security forces and contractors is usually reserved strictly for MaxTac. 
which is who you want to have the best gear. So I understand that. But now one exception to this is the recent procurement of some Militech Centaur exoskeletons for a few lucky patrol division officers, alongside a number of examples for MaxTech. A belated response to the increasingly dire crime situation caused by the current NCPD commissioners, not to mention the city council's, disastrous policies. Now, specifically when it comes to weapons, the Night City Police Department has a threat level code B2B, which means Night City Police are equipped with automatic weapons. I'm sure that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, By 2077, the Militech M10AF Lexington served as the sidearm of NCPD officers. They also used the Saratoga Ajax Constitutional Arms M2038 Tactician and Defender and Nakota D5 Copperhead. I know that the Copperhead is specifically an assault rifle. I can't tell you the specific guns that the rest of these are, but I know that is an assault rifle. I can. So The Lexington is a pistol, and I know this because it is the gun the gun that Maine gives David. Oh, is it like a burst pistol? Mm, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think it's got like two or three that it'll do a bursting, yeah, burst shots. Okay. Also just to point out specifically to anyone listening that um my most of my my little jokes are in there are like actually me being sarcastic. Automatic weapon usage is not reasonable. <laughs> no, not for real world, but definitely for the NCPD. Like that's fine. That's fine, yeah. But no, most of my jokes are talking about real life and just being sarcastic about it. Yeah. Which is fine because regardless of whether you took me as serious or not, uh, the ones that took me as serious uh, as believing that you're upset, but if you didn't take me seriously and realize that I was being sarcastic and you're a different section of people, you're also upset. So regardless, those comments piss somebody off. Now in 2077, the night city police department is armed with Militech Minotaur mechs, which can be seen around the city. In fact, I think I've seen them standing outside of Arasaka. They also utilize Militech Wyvern reconnaissance drones, which arrive first to the scene of a crime or to the suspected crime in progress. Zetatech Bombus drones are also used for reconnaissance. The Militech Griffin combat drones and the Arasaka robot RMK2 patrol robots are also part of the post-2076 NCPD inventory all a part of Commissioner Falter's infamous drones for cops policy. They're kind of fun to shoot down, and they've always got good rare tech on them, if you need it. That's true. Also, like, I mean, if you're a netrunner, you just Overload. one short circuit, and they just yep. fucking explode for the most part. So, like, I mean, but I'm trying to think in here, right? Because, like, the Arasaka Robot R mark two patrol robots those are like those are the standard ones we see right like with the ones standing outside of like or is that the military minotaur um i don't know know which one is which because the minotaur mechs i feel like those a mech to me sounds like something you can get in and uh 
like walk around in like it's a mech suit while the drones and the robots i think the arasaka robot is the one that we see as the patrol robot dude that kind of look like um star wars drones and confirm that the militech minotaur is the one we see more frequently okay the arasaka r mk2 robots are the actual like robot dudes that like walk around like this they just look like dudes like they're dude sized Mm -hmm. i guess maybe that's what you're saying um but like the minotaur are like the the big blocky ones with like the two guns or whatever like the one that drops into the compeki plaza lobby um and then like what did you see it whenever you're like moving over into watson those guys so yeah the robots are just like those like like humanoid robots or whatever. So like we I was trying to put like, specifically which ones are which. I'm assuming the Griffin is like the bigger drone, whereas like the the Wyvern are like those real like small ones. Because you know when we fight, like we normally get in like the car and we have to do like the car like shooting missions or whatever. There's mm-hmm. usually like a big drone and then there's like smaller ones like on its wings. So, yes. I'm assuming that's Militech Wyvern is the small ones and the Griffin is the big one. That makes sense. Because in Witcher, Wyverns are smaller than Griffins. That that makes a lot of sense. And then the Bombus ones, I wonder if those are the just like... eye robots. Those little eye bots. Oh, okay. I don't... I'm trying to remember where I've seen these at, but like, I know I've seen them, but like, that is weird. Sorry, it's specifically this one. This guy. Oh. I can't remember where I've seen this at. I've definitely seen it, but I also I'm just like, wait, what is that from? <laughs> so. Hmm. Oh, uh, Toasty, we definitely we wrapped up our little mini series on Night City as a whole. I think we've definitely talked about that, and then we talked about the NCPD and got a little tangenty. Uh, we ranted and raved about real world police departments. I don't know. Do we have any final thoughts? I think that's it. I think we've said enough thoughts for one episode, to be honest. So, <clears throat> Yeah, this one's gone a little long. Um, thank you so much for listening and enjoying. Please make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore, patreon.com slash Cyberpunk Lorecast. And you can also find me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And you can also catch me doing the Witcher lore cast, as well as the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, that I do with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. And of course, at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound and thank him for you for allowing his music to be used. We use clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix. So go give him a listen. And while you're out there, stay safe on Night City, specifically from the NCPD. <laughs>When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. 
You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.